Lialda, you have successfully completed the requirements to join the Pretty Pony faction. The leader of the faction has invited you and your party to an initiation ball this afternoon. Yay, Pretty Ponies! Hey, man. Hold on. I don't want to join the Pretty Ponies. This is unacceptable. Oh, come on, Leon. The Pretty Ponies! As you're standing there fuming, you hear a voice from behind you. Hey, buddy. I hear you don't like the Pretty Ponies. We should talk. Go on. Ever heard of the Bronies? We're all about taking down the Pretty Ponies. I always thought they were a myth. Well... If you're all about kicking names and taking... Uh, hey, guys, what you talking about? Uh, hey, Leelda, I'm out of here. I'm joining the bronies. You have fun with the glitter and the cake. Wait, no, don't go. Leon! This time on Becoming DM, we're talking about factions. And we have a return of our special guest, Malcolm. Hey, everyone, this is John. And this is Felicia. Hey, this is Malcolm. And as we mentioned, uh, we're talking about uh, factions in this episode. And just a quick thank you to Jeremy Knowles for suggesting this episode to us. Uh, Jeremy uh, got a, uh, a sticker mailed off to him. And if, if you guys are interested in, in getting a Becoming DM sticker and have an idea for an episode, please reach out to us, uh, becomingdm.com, and just click contact, and we will uh, put you in the list. So... As we get started, let's talk a little bit about what factions are, what, what we're really talking about here. And in, in my mind, factions are kind of groups of people in, in the world that you're running that have, have similar goals, right? Yes, Absolutely. a common cause. <laughs> and they don't really have to be good or evil. I know that when I first started down this path, the first thing I thought of when I saw factions is they got to be this evil group that, that has these evil plans, but they don't have to be. They can, there can be good factions too. Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, uh, the more, the more you equate factions to the normal world that we live in, it's just groups of people with common goals or, or common background, you know, in a lot of cases. Uh, so they can be good, evil in between. I mean, have fun with it, make it, Make it just like the real world. Yep. It's just like my, uh, my Facebook French bulldog group. <laughs> when, <laughs> I don't know. They can, have a, they can turn to evil pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that dog, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I like to think of factions as kind of like um, a good, easy comparison for maybe somebody that's not used to D&D is tying it mm. into video games. If you think about like Fallout, there's a number of other games. Yeah. Fallout has a lot of factions and, and especially yes. in Fallout 4, it's about the interaction between you and each of those factions and how they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, it, and, and to tie it back to the previous point, it really shows uh, that not only do they not have to be good and evil, but where they really create um, choices for your your players, for the people playing in your game, it gives them different paths to possibly go down, which makes your world even more immersive. Yep. And I think one good challenge that you can have with factions too is, you know, sometimes people get that very like polarizing mentality towards one faction or another, like us versus them. And one thing that can really make something like factions a lot more interesting is you can present like moral dilemmas within the same factions. You can present uh, good decisions, bad decisions, good people, bad people within those factions so that it makes it a lot harder to really stick oh, with yeah. one or the other. Factions are a great opportunity for, I personally think, for really intriguing moral dilemmas. 
Yeah, because if you've got a faction that has their goal is to do this and they do it by any way possible, that can definitely lead to some uh, morally gray choices when when trying to achieve that goal, even if the goal is something that is a positive. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a really cool aspect you could spin in there by inter- introducing good factions is you may have a faction that maybe they have the same goal as as the one that's willing to do it over anything, but they have standards and certain paths and lines they won't cross. So you could really play into that uh, moral dilemma as well, and and create some true role playing moments for your for your players. Yep. Yep. I think a really good example besides Fallout, I mentioned this before, was uh, The Witcher, which has really really yeah. good factions as well. And even within those, you know, you go to Nilfgaard, you meet these different types of people. You know, you go to Tucson and you have like, you know, different people there. But there's do you pronounce it with so a easy. French accent every time you say it? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> but yeah, like you know, it's not so easy as like choosing one side or the other because you're presented with so many different people, and maybe your morals align with them initially. You think, but then you come across a circumstance where you're like, wait a minute, they treat this type of people like this. Well, now I'm not so yeah. certain anymore. But they have so much more structure and support for blah 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 blah. And it makes it a lot harder to really decide whose side you're on or if you choose to be on either one. Yep. And when you when you look at uh, published modules, our, our last episode, we talked a lot about published modules. And mm-hmm. um, a lot, not all, but a lot of published modules make really good use of factions, um, whether it's mm-hmm. like the Red Brands uh, and Lost Minds of Handelver. Um, yep. I'm not going to think of anything right now. I bet, bet one of you probably can think of one. <laughs> I think the Harpers was the other yeah. one that yeah. was Lost Minds. Yeah. yeah. A very tiny mention because it, you don't really go very much um, further with them in the Lost Minds campaign specifically. But yeah, it's a small little faction that's mentioned as well. Well, what's cool about the the Harpers is that that's all connected to the Forgotten Realm setting. Mm-hmm. And so if you... If, if you've read any of the books or if you're into any of the extra, you know, expansive literature from the Forgotten Realm settings, uh, they actually talk about the Harpers a lot. So it gives you it gives you um, ways to pull in from, you know, pre-published uh, material. And then it's it gives you a lot of leeways to work it into your games and stuff. Yes. I always liked um, uh, I always like taking old adventures and maybe taking a piece or two from them and then you maybe revamp a whole lot of things around it and create something new so yeah for sure yeah and and whatever you do I, I feel like having factions in your game is a is an easy way to incorporate incorporate a number of different npcs you don't have to spend a lot of time dealing with what their motivations are what their background is they're a part of this faction so their goals are generally speaking what the faction's goals are except in those cases where you're dealing with somebody that's like defecting or something like that but um <laughs> by and large if you have a large number of npcs that are part of the faction you can generally treat them roughly the same as you as you build them out and interact with the party mm-hmm. yeah no, that's absolutely. I agree with that a hundred percent. That gives you. I mean, it, like I said, it it it's all about creating fun, interesting moments for your players when you're the DM. Uh, you, and these are great. That's just an awesome way to do it. Um, it, it creates role playing moments. It gives them different directions and paths to choose from. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I think um, before we get too much farther in, into the end of the episode, we do need to make one brief distinction is that before you get into this thought process, you need to really decide on if factions are right for your game. And, yes. and I know that I run games with a lot of factions in it. I know that Felicia, you, you have fewer and, and it's basically <laughs> kind of based upon what you're doing, but um, can you kind of describe your games a little <laughs> bit and why it might be different than what I'm doing? I mean, so, you know, for our, like I had a little more leniency when I allowed my players to choose what, you know, characters they wanted to take on. And so one of my characters has um, a paladin and then the other one of my players has a warlock, which probably for no reasons at all would ever decide that they were going to work towards a common cause. But for the sake of a longer term campaign, you know, those within our group, even this is not even external to our players, but within our group, um, we, you know, had two very distinct characters that probably would, because of their very specific beliefs within their respective factions, would not have in any way, shape, or form decided to get together. I have a warlock who worships Cthulhu. Um, and I have a paladin, you know, who couldn't be any more um, opposed to that. So <laughs> one of those things where we just I sort of, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So we just kind of sort of ignored the fact that probably they wouldn't have much in common and just let them play how they like. But a lot of my um, campaigns that I had done up to this point, besides the pre-made ones that involved like in Fandelver, like the Red Brand, Red Brand ruffians, you know, were mostly explorative. You know, we were. Um, checking out these tombs and you know I, I mentioned before in a previous episode Julinda's gauntlet or the characters that they were fighting were kind of like onesie twosies you know um, one main bad antagonist or a couple of ochre jellies or an owlbear but nothing that really involved like in-depth intrigue political factions or anything that involved territory we just hadn't gotten to that point yet so up to this point in my campaigns we just didn't really have a real need for them yet mm -hmm. so and then i just turned a blind eye to the obvious uh <laughs> the obvious uh pink elephant within our group when it comes to our warlock and our paladin so yeah and i think it makes sense to have that um that thought process of, of do they make sense to have factions in your campaign if you're diving into dungeons and you're not dealing with a whole lot of different groups I mean, maybe there's an ochre jelly faction. I just just throwing <laughs> that out there. <laughs> but you need to make sure if it if it makes sense. Um, and and Malcolm, you brought up a, a good point uh, when we were talking earlier. Um, was what role do they play in your world? You want to expand yeah. on that a little bit? No, absolutely. And uh, and uh, I commend you, Felicia, on not forcing that into your game if it doesn't play a part. And I think that's that's a mistake. Um, a lot of us DMs either either make or have made at one point. Um, sometimes having a faction, the idea of it, oh, it's cool, and I got this group <laughs> of guys that that you know they the demon fighting squad or whatever. You know, sure, it sounds cool, but what what what's the point of them in your overall story? Yeah. Um, and that's where if you're gonna introduce factions or a faction, <clears throat> what what's what is the point of the faction? Um, so is it, is this something that your players have the potential to join? Um, if it's something they can join, cool, then that needs to be mapped out. And how is that going to, uh, affect the overall arching story you are wanting to tell or have your players play through? Um, if you're just introducing factions just for the heck of it, I mean, sure, it sounds cool when you got <laughs> this super group, uh, of, of, you know, 
butt kickers. Uh, <laughs> but um, if um, if if they're just there as cool background and it's just something that you've created more for for yourself, then go write a book about them. You don't have to necessarily introduce them into into your D and D game. Make sure that your faction has has a role to play, um, whether it's just to introduce them to larger adventure. Uh, or even if it's if it's a group that maybe the characters never join, but just interact with from time to time, those can make really great role playing moments. Mm-hmm. Um, just have a point for them is is I guess my biggest thing. Yeah, yeah and I, sure. I think as we get into the episode a little bit, we're going to talk a little bit about some reasons why to use them. Uh, I think yeah. that the biggest one is it can be really a great jumping off point into into an, a storyline and adventure or something like that, but. We'll get more into that here in a little bit. Let's let's kind of talk mm-hmm. about uh, building your faction right now. And I think okay, first goal here is really to understand what your what your go- what the faction's goals are. What's their driving motivation and and why why they exist? Because they're not just a bunch of guys that are hanging out drinking in the club. I mean, I guess that could be a faction. Like their goals is to drink, but <laughs> it probably wouldn't play into a story very well. <laughs> so I, uh, I mean, that would be funny though. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so some of the things that I, I kind of um, look at when I'm building a faction are maybe they're looking to, to gain political influence. Um, and mm-hmm. in that case, it, it could be, a, a group of criminals that, that want to gain power into the, the structures of government so that they can operate more easily. Or mm. it could be a, a political party <clears throat> that's just legitimately trying to get political influence, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Or in some cases, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier, spreading religion. You know, we may, gave yep. the example of uh, Game of Thrones. Um, Malcolm, what was it that you had said that they were the sparrows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, probably one of the last really interesting uh, story points from the TV show, at least. But mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, the sparrows. Um, so, like, if you were to borrow from, if you borrow from the idea of that, you could introduce that into a campaign. Let's say where maybe not everybody's a cleric, but where the party is uh, is is part of this religion, right? Mm-hmm. And their their goal their goal to their deity is to go and spread it. And so some of the things they do is they uh, as part of that faction, maybe they go out into the lawless lands and and have to bring the law of their God there. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's some really cool things you could do with that. I think that would be a really interesting one. Yeah. And, and when you talk about spreading religion, it can be in a benevolent way or a nefarious way. Uh, Absolutely. You will follow my God or I will kill you. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Straight up. Because yeah. we know history has told us that has happened. Yep. So that's, yeah. uh, that's a really interesting thing you can work into your game. Like, sure. does does your party belong to the... Um, uh, the the lawful evil god, you know, so where it's law in their point of view, but, you know, they're going to do anything they have to do to enact their law and to keep mm-hmm. it like that's mm-hmm. some really interesting things you could do with that. Yep, for sure. And I mean, some of the other kind of driving motivation could be just as simple as helping the less fortunate. You could maybe have a, a gang of paladins that that their job is to help the weak and and provide them with sustenance or whatever it may be. Uh Yep. Um, I mean, that's a, a fairly simple, straightforward one. Um, you could also have them where they want to control a certain region, um, whether it's like a, a country that wants to expand where they uh, where the, their borders are, 
or mm-hmm. a criminal enterprise that that uh, again ties back to that influence where they have influential control over over the area for their criminal enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the other one that you had mentioned too about like oh when it comes to magic and magic users like you know is this about the eradication of magic mm-hmm. users yeah. and this kind of reminded me a bit of like X Men. You know, where it was talking about, oh, mutants, we don't like mutants and, you know, we want to get rid of them or, you know, ostracize them and blah, blah, blah. And that kind of reminded me sort of of this. Where it was like, oh, we don't like magic users, you know, they're yeah. no good, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So in, in the game that I'm running right now, I have a I have a faction who um, they may not actually know that this is their goal. And we'll get more <laughs> more into that in a minute. But the 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 overarching goal is to basically start off by destroying all of the magical artifacts that they can find and then they're going to go after the the magic users um because they just have a thing against magic so <laughs> it's an abomination of nature yeah and so now that sounds that sounds real fun yeah actually except if you're a magic user <laughs> right no and what's cool about that is i mean that's like almost an instant Grad, well, I'm, I know you said your players don't know it yet or possibly, um, but that's like such an instant grab for your players because everybody wants to get magical items, right? Yep. right. And we all want to like, that's one of the biggest funs of playing as a character. It's like, ooh, what did I find? What's that? Oh, it's a cloak. It's a cloak of what? What does it do? And, you know, imagine if, if there's this faction that's like, yeah, yeah, cool. We're going we're gonna to take that off your hands, though, and yep. wants to get rid of that. That's like an instant draw in for i think your characters that that's a really good idea and then there's like like, (laughs) and then there's like a whole potential offshoot story where they could they could find um the the warehouse where they're storing this stuff waiting to be destroyed and be like ah the big cache of magic weapons Everybody like, loves loot boxes. Yep. <laughs> it's like all the way back, John, to like our early episodes with the yogurt. <laughs> hey, if it's magical yogurt, yeah. <laughs> um, but to tie into that, is the goal going to be publicly known or is it obscured? As I mentioned with this group, it wasn't. It's not something that even many of the members of the group know is the goal of the group. Um, but. You, you you can also have groups that it's very widely publicized what they're trying to do, right? Yeah. Or, you know, perhaps, you know, not so much known as like publicly known versus obscured. Perhaps it's just also misleading. Like you think it's one thing, but then it turns out it's actually something else. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They, they do all these actions that make it seem like this is their goal. But all this was just a feint to, to distract you from what's going on over here. Exactly. Mystery. Yeah. Pay no attention Mystery. to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, those are those, and once again, those are just great those are just great hooks uh to 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 get into your game that keep people um, you know, involved, keep people um with just interested in in in, in what you're creating and it just makes it even more immersive. So man, good. I really like those ideas. I mean, <laughs> He's like, I'm taking this one, I'm taking this one, this one. (laughs) It wouldn't be an episode of Becoming DM if we didn't mention our friends at Darkwind. Darkwind's sponsorship of the show helps pay for all the things that keep Becoming DM running. If you want to say thanks, go to play.darkwind.org and create a character today. Join in on the multiplayer, text-based role-playing game that you can play with friends, or, if you're feeling a little antisocial, play on your own. 
Join and play for free at play.darkwind.org. Now let's get back to the show. There are other types of ways you can have factions for, you know, like we were talking before, different types of classes, like, you know, a thieves guild or spellcasters, mm. you know, after school club. I don't know. After school um, club. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's at the Mage College and this is our after school club for... for <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> but I mean, you can make a faction for practically anything and any class that you have is certainly going to be able to have like its own members only club letters jackets included so yeah and 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 by being by by being able to break it down into so many little things it really helps you tailor it to your group of players Mm -hmm. um and 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 really like okay if you know you have a bunch of uh goody two shoes in the group then yeah you could tailor a faction um, that either fits as something they could join that they would all really want to be a part of or something that they would absolutely vilify and it would make it would create you know that more of yeah we got to take them down and make them vested into the story more um, uh, I've, I always like playing around with um, thieves guilds um, and make them appear to be evil uh, at first but then you find out oh no they're they're more like the Robin Hood of thieves guilds mm-hmm. or Merry men, you know. Um, I always thought that was a, a fun one to play with. They're just stealing their way to goodness. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They're good people at heart. <laughs> um, and then when you when you talk about kind of what people are in the faction, you can also have more generic uh, type factions that are not necessarily a specific one size fits all. Um, it could mm-hmm. be. Uh, for instance, a government would be considered a faction made up of of these different types because you don't have just I mean, typically, I guess you could. You you don't have a a government that's all uh, all magic users or or thieves. That would be a disaster. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, no, that's not a government. I mean, it's not a sustainable. <laughs> well, well, actually, you know, that kind of reminds me of uh, the game that I'm running with you, John, which is um, uh, a good draw-in for the story for me was. I made everybody a part of the government's army, um, some willingly, some unwillingly. But it's that focal drawing in point, and it's a, it's a great way to kick everything off. Mm-hmm. So you have the backdrop of this large kingdom with a really uh, well-prepared, heavy army. And your players start off as various specialists within the army, and they're given these missions some known some covert to go and do and it's a great launching point for various other stories that you can weave into the game and go from there so it's it's an overall generic as far as oh okay here's this kingdom you're a part of and you're part of the army Mm -hmm. so it allows you to play it very loose but it allows you to introduce other elements um uh easily and uh just kind of weaves everything together yep you can also go kind of like a born identity James Bond esque kind of, you know, perspective as well. Like, yeah, it's still technically in support of the kingdom, but you know, you have those very special secret super squirrel secret missions. Yeah. Um, did you say super you squirrel? Well. <laughs> I did super squirrel. <laughs> I, used to, I used to love that cartoon actually. <laughs> Morocco yeah, mole. <laughs> those are um really good opportunities as well you know it, it, you could be a very like overt part of the kingdom like you were saying part of like the royal guard um or you could be one of those where it's like 
people don't really know that you're a spy for the king or they don't know that you're like this, you know, CIA agents existed within your kingdom. Um, then, then, you know, that you would um, be a part of that as well. Yep. Yeah. And then beyond the government in that kind of more generic terms, you've got your, your run of the mill gangs, your criminal organizations who mm -hmm. they don't necessarily have a requirement that you be a certain type of individual, except that you like crime maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you have questionable morals. Okay. You're in. Yeah. And a lot of the groups that I run that are, that are in this kind of gang criminal organization category, the leaders will often try to have, um, have a have them make it be varied so that they have specialties covered like i need a magic user so that we can take care of looking for these arcane artifacts or i need this other type because we need them to be able to break into places whatever mm -hmm. yeah. yeah it yeah. Really reminds oh sorry go ahead malcolm oh no you got it oh no i was just saying we were talking about gangs and it reminded me of boardwalk empire mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah that's that a great one, idea yeah, and I mean, you have all these different, you know, groups, these different gangs that, like, you know, are fighting for control in different areas. And oh, I'm going to take over the, you know, the liquor industry. Oh, I'm going to take over the drugs. And you know, and then there's territorial um, wars, and then hit on people. And and within those particular factions, you still have individual people who, you know, you get emotionally invested into because they seem like good people, but then they're doing all these terrible things to accomplish <laughs> these goals. And so that makes for a really good intrigue story. Yep. You know, that would work really good if you're running a campaign that's set primarily like like in one city. Like remember the old mm -hmm. Greyhawk mm -hmm. Greyhawk stories in those settings? Um, where it was just like all these different questionable factions doing uh everything to to, to either control their industry, like mm -hmm. you said, or to or to gain as much power as possible in the city. That 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 would make for some great campaigns like that. Yep. Um, if you're a DM that wants to more centralize your story and not make it so sprawling, or yeah. maybe you have a straight story you want to tell, that's a that's a really good idea to do with the faction there. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. if you have a uh, if you have a group of players that's willing to really get down and dirty uh, <laughs> or and play that way, that could really that could really be a lot of fun too. Yeah, I actually have a, a campaign that I've been working up that is is set in a in a city after a after a um, revolt happened and they mm. basically killed the king and a new king got in there and and so as a result of it all of these other factions mostly criminal elements uh, arose and yeah some of them have the goal of protecting their neighborhood or whatever but but resort to some pretty uh, nasty means to do so. And mm. it's kind of the party's job to navigate uh, between each of these factions as they as they go through the city um, to stay alive, kind of. Hmm. Huh. And Felicia, you brought you brought them up earlier, the Harpers. Mm hmm. See, that would work really cool as a opposition mm -hmm. to or, mm -hmm. or a different or the other side of the coin to what John yeah. was talking about, because the Harpers were just kind of an organization of do gooders of various types so they could be you could even do a storyline where okay you're part of this group who's come mm -hmm. to this town that's just in chaos and you're trying to repair it for sure That'd yeah it's, cool. it's a really good like stepping in point especially if if you are um a dm who has played say like lost minds of fandelver and you've already experienced that small little side quest mission so you've already got like your foot in the door to be able to start something like that if you're uncertain of how to like get factions started because i think for me as a new dm factions kind of felt a little 
intimidating because I was just sort of like, ah, there's like, how do I, how do I navigate through the bureaucracy of factions and how <laughs> yeah. do I, you know, how do I, I enrich this dynamic in a way that makes all of my players interested and keeps them engaged. And I was like, man, this is, this is just too much. I, I think we're just going to like put it on the back burner for a while. We'll come <laughs> back to it. So yeah. yeah, you know, that's for those of you that are new to DMing and let's say you have played the minds of Fandelver, it, it like Malcolm was saying that that's a really good way to start. You know, maybe you come across another town, something's going on, some questionable stuff, you know, by the town's leadership, or maybe there's some other group that's, you know, wreaking havoc and the Harpers are trying to help. And since you're now one of those members that, you know, you can team up and sort of resolve that. So very small, low level introduction yeah. to like getting factions started within your campaign. Oh, I was just going to say that's actually a really cool one, too, because it allows it allows you to introduce the faction without, you know, making them too much uh, like a mainstay in the story, because it's mm -hmm. like, oh, you're a group of do gooders. And, oh, here's another job you got from the Harpers, you know, and it's just you kind of just work with them uh, extendedly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say that that running factions is not something that you have to do. Uh, but if yeah. you're if you're wanting to get your toe into it, this is a great way to do it because you have that one little interaction, but it's not a key part of the entire storyline. So you can come back to them later when you feel more comfortable. Well, and it's a good way to like also just test and see if factions is something that's well received with your players. Anyways, it would suck for you to put all this time and effort <laughs> planning into creating these factions only yes. to have your players be like, eh. Not really feeling this. I just want to go dungeon diving. <laughs> yeah, let me just go kill the next ogre jelly I come across. Um, right. Or they want to join the jelly boys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Jelly for life. I don't know. Don't be jelly. Um, but, you know, yeah, at least if you make it into a side mission, you're not risking having wasted so much time and effort into creating something that, like, your players just aren't really feeling. At least in this case, it yeah. was just one side mission. Meh, let's move on to the bigger scheme of things. Yep. There you go. Um, so back to kind of how you can organize and separate your factions out. You could have a faction based upon a certain race. So um, I like doing the halfling liberation army <laughs> for those enslaved halflings. But uh, but you could have. I mean, a lot of a lot of fiction has um, has elves as kind of their faction where they retreat into the woods and they have their own thing and don't want to deal with the rest of society. So they're technically a faction. Yeah. Uh, same thing you could say with dwarves, mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of yeah. isolationists uh, and they're off in their mountains and hills just doing their thing. Uh, that That's a that's a faction. Yep. Their own introverted ways. Yeah. And then uh, you could also look at religious factions. So your cultists mm -hmm. um, and we've mentioned a couple of, of religions the, like the sparrows and, and stuff like that where where they could be working together for, for good or nefarious reasons, but for the goals of that god. Do yeah. you guys remember uh, Fallout 3 or Fallout uh, New Vegas? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, absolutely. You had all those cultists that were worshiping that bomb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the, that, the children of yeah, the atom. No. That was in uh, 3, I think. Yeah. 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 The children of the atom. I mean, oh, yeah. Fallout New Vegas was full of factions. Yeah. I mean, there oh, were yeah. tons, 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 tons. And uh, that's a, that, that's a, a really, we kind of said it at the beginning, that's a great place to draw some inspiration from. Because yeah. um, it it uh, uh, it allows your characters like they meet all of these various groups and it's like okay who do you want to side with mm -hmm. and it just gives them more choices and it allows you to run the story 
Um, yeah. and, it, and it gives them the choice. So that way, like you said, you, you could kind of feel them out. Oh, okay, they like going this route. Okay, and then as they get more involved in that, then you could centralize your story that way. Yep. Mm-hmm. For sure. Just play Fallout, guys. That's really what this whole podcast <laughs> is. <laughs> and then uh, I think the last that we're going to talk about, by, but by no means the last way that you could segment them out, are um, our economic or class factions. So mm-hmm. relying upon that classism, the haves and the have-nots and, and things mm-hmm. like that, and, and leveraging that disparity between the classes to have, have some uh, conflict and, and stuff there. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. Well, and I think... Um, and for those of you that may have um, started playing cyberpunk, <laughs> you know, it's a really great example of factions as well, uh, you know, that does involve political power, uh, even class, like we were talking about classism. Um, you know, that's a really great example to pull from as well as far as the haves and the have-nots and the desperation of people and what they're willing to go through in order to achieve, you know, getting more of what they don't have. Yep. And then once you... you know... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, or you could do the flip side uh, where your group is approached by those in the 1% mm-hmm. and is hiring them to do things. And basically yeah. that temptation of, well, you know, if you do these things for us, you can eventually join us. Yep. Mm-hmm. How greedy are your players? Even though we're making you clear out the slums so that we can build our new mansion there. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that the... Uh... What was it like back in France, like the beautification project of how they made Paris? Yep. Remember that they like oh. shut down all of the poor people so that they could make Paris like. Or beautiful. wherever the Olympics goes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. And the stadiums never get used again afterwards or Man. for like soccer. And <laughs> all right. Well, that's a that's a different show there. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. becoming, becoming a political. <laughs> uh, yeah. So once you have a. Uh a good idea of who is going to be in your faction, how it's going to be split out, what their their kind of defining characteristics are. You can also start thinking about um, other stuff, like does the faction have relationship with other factions? Because mm-hmm. if you're making one faction, you're probably going to make more than one. Um, I kind of have a get on a roll and you just continue making factions kind of habit. But... <laughs> but and I avoid them altogether. <laughs> but you're going to have chances where they're going to bump into each other, whether uh, in a good way or whether they're going to not like each other. So, um, I mean, kind of first thing to talk about there is maybe you have other faction, a couple factions that have similar goals. So they occasionally uh, cooperate to reach those goals together, right? Mm-hmm. Like a symbiotic relationship. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like you could see the Thieves Guild working sometimes with maybe the Mages Guild, because uh, mm. the Mages Guild might need some things acquired secretly, but they themselves are not necessarily thieves, so, you know, they don't completely trust them. It's, so you know, it doesn't count. Like, we didn't steal anything. What are you talking <laughs> about? We didn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not the one with questionable morals. You are. Yeah, it's in our back room, but we didn't steal it. <laughs> <laughs> not guilty. Um, additionally, you can have have factions that have goals that are are counter to each other. So, um, mm. perfect example is like a like a criminal enterprise and and the government. Um, so, the criminal enterprise is going to be doing those things that are against the law and and by yeah. nature are just going to be counter to what the government wants. But it could also be like maybe a group wants to summon some world devouring demon and uh yeah. a lot of other factions probably don't want that 
Yeah. Maybe, probably not. Um, hey, did either of you ever play those old adventures, uh, the Temple of Elemental Evil? No, I haven't. I haven't either. I saw, I've seen it. Like, you know, sometimes you go in the comic book store and you'll yeah. see. Yeah, I haven't played it, though. That one had some... It was basically, John, what you're talking about. They were trying to... Um, the faction that you end up going up against through that adventure were mm-hmm. trying to awaken some primordial, mm-hmm. you know... Like Cthulhu, you know, like one of my players. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, just, just some Cthulhu. And, um, uh, he's going to go any second. I'm sure like, at some point in time he's going he's gonna to bring like just death upon everyone. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the way 2020 was going, I mean, at any moment I was just waiting for that to happen. But, <laughs> but no, that was um, – Right? But that that was basically the overall arching story in those advent- in, in those series of adventures. And, I mean, they were a lot of fun to play. And it's really it, – it actually played for some really cool ideas that you could take that faction where they were kind of mm-hmm. running in the background. So where you met people that may have been part of the government or even thieves' mm-hmm. guilds, they're secretly also part of this other completely evil faction. Uh, mm-hmm. So that really makes for some really cool stuff to play with. Yeah, and that's something yeah. we haven't really talked about about is like when you think about these factions you have to understand are are these something that it's easy to be a member of multiple factions um Mm -hmm. which if you're a member of a government and that's a faction it's probably pretty easy to be a member of anything else but if Mm -hmm. you have a very very exclusive selective one um they may really look down upon you being in other other factions yeah i think what uh what really accomplished like something like that really well because you were talking about like you know all this stuff going on in the background and you know you kind of choose the extent of your participation with these groups if at all but I feel like the Mandalorian did a really good job of that because you know initially in the beginning of the series it was like yeah I take a bounty whatever I don't care and who Mm -hmm. it's for and blah 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 and then you know as it progressed you know he, he gets involved with different different factions and different people with different ideals and you know he got to chose whether he was going to get involved or not or maybe he changed his mind halfway through yeah, and I think that was a really good job. Like that, that show did a really good job of presenting uh, a protagonist who kind of had their own agenda, but was surrounded by all this other stuff—political stuff and power, you know, uh, power plays—and decided like if he was going to participate in that and to what extent. Yeah. yeah, and it made it made the character make decisions that that pushed that pushed his growth. Mm-hmm. Um, in various directions, and that, that and like you said, that's a great element, uh, a great show to, to to borrow elements from to work into your game as a DM because mm-hmm. you do want to um, have your characters, uh, uh, your players' characters go through their moments of growth. I've always found when I was a player, those were the moments that I remember most. Mm-hmm. Besides, you know, every now and then the ex- super ridiculous action moment that takes place or someone <laughs> did. Um, yeah. I always really like the characters that I played. Um, I remember like those moments where it made me really think about, oh, what is my, where, what would my character do? What would, what would Leon do in this situation? And where do I want Leon to go? So, you know, um, I think that really makes for some really great moments. Those are great ways to use factions to, Mm -hmm. to um, immerse your characters into the role playing. Yep. I think that was something you mentioned, John, was that, you know, factions don't always have to be, in the foreground like a lot of times it just presents the context of your main campaign or that setting you know that influences your characters but isn't exactly like a direct part of what they're actually doing yep 
Uh, absolutely. And and uh, I get the factions could be different con- countries where you've got a background of the war between those that the players may mm-hmm. not even participate in, but you could have things that happen because of the war that, that create that storyline. So refugees mm-hmm. coming in or or uh, being hired to find some artifact to help the armies out or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, back to kind of those relationships between factions, um, that was one where, where, where they're, they're kind of counter. But you could also have where they have the same goal as each other, but they don't agree on how to accomplish it. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where maybe somebody is a accomplished it at all all possible uh, means and so they don't care who gets hurt in the accomplishment of the goals where somebody else is a little bit more careful more deliberate and and doesn't uh tries not to hurt the innocent or something like that yeah yeah i think felicia you you mentioned it earlier that's like the x-men which is basically Mm -hmm. uh professor x and magneto right there oh yeah Um, same goal different different ideology on how to get it done um but create some really once again just great ways to play uh uh gives your characters you know like oh which what side do we fall on might even create some internal conflict in the party uh and you could you know i i don't always see internal conflict as a problem as long as you have some sort of way to try to play it out for sure yep and and having that conflict within a faction um can even can create kind of a storyline, but it also can create splinter factions. So you can take that one and and split it into groups within the group and you have Mm -hmm. factions within the factions and all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) A fraction of a faction. Yep. Uh, The other thing to consider is if a faction's being controlled by another faction to achieve goals so that you don't necessarily know who is actually pulling the strings, but you know that these guys are doing these things. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the Red Brand Ruffians were the that example of that when we were playing the Lost Minds of Fandelver to find out that mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, they're actually part of a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Them and then Cragmaw Castle and then it was like the wizard and then it was like the black spider and it kept going up and up and up and up and you're like, Wow, this is like a group controlled by a group controlled by a person controlled by another person. It's like a seven layer um, dip of factions. It wow. really was, and I didn't know what flavor I was gonna get the next time around. <laughs> Yeah, Felicia, you have sold me on this adventure. I'm gonna have to go get it. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. It like, like it was fun to play. But John and I mentioned in our previous episode, like the things that we liked, and then some of the things we were like, hmm. Yep. I don't think they thought this through, but it was fun to play. Yep. Um, and then and then you could have on again, off again relationships. And and Malcolm, you mentioned yep. the the Mage College hiring the Thieves Guild. But mm-hmm. it, it could be where factions temporarily have goals that, that are in the same path, so they help each other get to that, that thing and then split and go their own ways to do whatever it is that they need to do next. Right, right. Um, kind of uh, drawing back to what we talked about earlier with the whole, um, you know, if there's one major group that's trying to summon some evil god or summon something that's going to destroy the world, well, of course, that's going to make people... Uh, okay, well, hey, I know I don't like that you steal and you don't like that I stop you, but we both should probably go take out the the evil people that want to bring Cthulhu. And then when that's done, you know, see you later. Yeah, because you want to keep on being able to steal and I want to keep on being able to stop you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think a, a really good example, and not to like beat a dead horse, but the Mandalorian, that particular episode with Bill Burr. Oh, know, yeah. 
that that's was a great. great. Yeah, that was a great example of people with different methodologies and then ideals actually came together briefly for a common cause because they had something, you know, common to accomplish and then went back to going their separate ways because, you know, yeah. there were different things that they wanted to do. Um, yeah. Good example. Yep. No, I, was, I love that episode. That was a great episode. That was such a great episode. Ah, one of the best. <laughs> um, and moving on, uh, does does your faction have a name? And I, I really like naming my factions. In fact, <laughs> I think I oh sometimes God. like naming my factions more than I like building them. But <laughs> um, so you can give your faction a name that kind of reflects the characteristic of the faction. So a couple of that I've used are are the Pale Face Riders, and they are known for using a, a poison that um, turns their their target's face really a pale white color as they die. Um, the Silent Swords, which is kind of rogues and rangers, those like sneaky types, uh, Robin Hood types, whatever. Um, just a couple of the ones that I've used. Mm -hmm. Those are both good. I like those. <laughs> I like those. I've, I have no factions to name. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you could just, you could also just name them where, uh, for where they operate out of. So, um, yeah. The country, the main country in my story is called Haldwin, and there's a group called the Haldwin Brigade that's a, that's a group of just basically fighters that run across and protect the countryside. So, um, yeah, really, really whatever makes sense for you. You don't, obviously, you don't have to name them, but it's easier to refer to them when you do. I mean, unless you're as good as making up the names as John. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, I was I was like, man, I really like that pale face riders. I was like, man, that's a that was mm -hmm. a stroke of genius right there. <laughs> I think mine would just end up being like puns. Like I would have a group of people that were out there to like eradicate all of the oozes, and they'd be called Don't Be Jellies. So maybe maybe Don't Be Jellies could be a group of bards from the College of Humor. So they're like like comedic. Oh <laughs> There's so many opportunities here, guys. Like, it could go oh, so many okay. ways, you know? Or, like, have, like, a cute little faction where, like, the black puddings and the ochre jellies decided to, like, go at war. <laughs> 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 oh, You're just man. watching from a distance all these jellies, like, slowly, like, lumbering towards each other, like... <laughs> and then you could have a group whose goal is to kill both of them that's just called dinner time. Oh, there you go. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> We like slashed down Noka jelly. It was a split decision. <laughs> oh Lord! Oh boy, you could go. For that would be the most life. disgusting battle ever. War. Cleared the streets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like the blob from the 1980s. Just get out of the way. Uh, oh man. Hey everybody, we had so much content with this episode that it's going to have to blend into two. But thank you for listening, and we will see you in two weeks. Until then. Stay nerdy, friends. Thanks for joining us again. As always, it really helps when you share the show with friends to help increase our listenership. Send them to our website, becomingdm.com, or Facebook. We are facebook.com slash becomingdm. And on Twitter, we're at becomingdm. Becoming DM is produced by John Welsh and Felicia Martinez. The show is edited by John Welsh. We'll be back in two weeks. See you then.